Blog Talk Radio. Joshua Live here, Sunday night at 11 on Blog Talk Radio. Um, was going to do the show last Sunday night at 11 on Blog Talk Radio. Got David Goliath about to come on the air live, but I uh, had to reschedule it for tonight. So uh, thank you to everybody that continued to be alive for yet another week <laughs> just to hear this show. Um, David Goliath coming on here in about four minutes uh, Call in, 718-664-6482, but I usually don't take calls while I'm talking to somebody because uh, I'm just so, there's so much to talk about. But uh, maybe we'll put your ass on the air, maybe not. Uh, last Sunday, I tried to get, uh, as a last-minute replacement, uh, MMA fighter Mike Freck, but I uh, finally got a hold of him, and uh, he just wasn't available to do it last Sunday night at 11. But uh, hopefully we'll have him on soon and, uh, to talk about his fighting experience and beating people's asses, you know, in the octagon and whatnot, and talk about USC. Uh, next Sunday night, I have Fakus Murph coming on the show. Now, this is a guy that I met uh, last month when I went out to Las Vegas. You know, he's he's taking people in the limo to the strip clubs and everything. He's kind of like at war with the strip. He's trying to revolutionize uh, Las Vegas and make it more about the customer and not just, you know, swindling and fucking people out of money. So next Sunday, we're going to get in, get into it with Vegas Mersh and uh, add him on Facebook. If you live in Las Vegas, check him out. Uh, um, he's going to reveal all the you know, inner workings of Las Vegas, the Sin City. That's next Sunday night on the show here on Candy Joshua Live. Uh, Sunday night, July 6th, here in two weeks, I'll finally have DJ Aladdin on the show. Uh, a DJ who has about 15 years of experience. He's been a current... Uh, resident DJ out of Club 33. This Friday night at Evolution, he'll be working the uh, Haystack show and uh, DJing there. Uh, I'll be there probably not until about 12:30. I don't know if I'll miss <laughs> if I'll miss Haystack's performance or anything else going on. But uh, DJ Aladdin coming up on the show on uh, July 6th uh, here on Jamie Joshua Live, and uh, then uh, July 13th here in a few weeks. Uh, I'll have D1 on the show again. So uh, that's the current schedule. But, of course, you know, I can book more people. If there's anyone you want to see on Jamie Joshua Live, just let me know, you know, write me on here or jamiejoshua at gmail.com. You know, if you have somebody that you think would be, be of interest that would make for a good guest, just let me know, and I'll, I'll try to book them and talk to, talk to the fuck and everything on here live. But, uh Right now, I'm about to get into a David Goliath, good friend of the show. About to bring him on on the air live. Uh, right now, let's check this out. This was actually uh, released in September 2012, so this was a couple years ago. David Goliath coming up right here after this. Hey, 
Hey yo, the track goes out to everybody in the 6114. I just gotta say, stay with the line right here, right now. I got something to prove. I have no disrespect towards any of you. But this is serious, okay? I want some next level shit. I'm trying to separate myself. right there to what is that two or three years old yeah two years old two years old yeah that was when i was hungry and trying to come up and i was ready to bump anybody out of the way and was just saying it straight out what it is people say crazy shit when they're hungry so forgive me about that i'm not as hungry anymore i'm more where i want to be now but i still love that verse (laughs) yeah this is back when you said I got something to prove, but now by this point you've already proved yourself as an artist. Yeah. A little bit. I like to think I have. I know the respect that I get from people behind the scenes definitely makes me feel like I've proved something. And even if nobody agrees, you know, on what I do or whatever, I know the guys that count respect me, and that's what really matters to me. That's what makes me feel like I did something. Oh yeah. And, uh, so what do you got? What do you got coming up here soon? I, I know you you probably have some shows coming up, even as soon as next week. Oh uh, yeah, I got a show next Friday. Time to get back on it. Uh, I ain't gonna be doing them like I was. We were doing four and five a month with four middle, and towards the end we were making pretty good money too. Uh, so I'm not gonna be doing them like that again. I have a full time job now pays pretty good, so I put my time into that, but uh, next Friday, no, not next Friday, um, 
Yeah, June 27th, right? Ain't that next Friday, Jamie? Okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah I'm, I'm terrible without a manager, dude. I'm terrible without a manager. <clears throat> All right, look. Yeah. Next Friday at Boomerangs, Jamie's birthday. Uh, the birthday bash. Headliners, Little Cuz and DJ Slim. Uh, you can check me out. D. Smith, Menace to Sobriety, Cesar Leo, Dame, my boy King Buck. We're all going to be out of Boomerangs. Uh, you got to come check us out. I'm going nuts on my new set. And then July 11th. Cesar Leo, King Buck. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting crowd, huh, Jamie? Yeah, this is a anyway, friend of mine. <laughs> right. So look, uh, July 11th, July 11th, I'll be at the Scarlet and Gray Cafe opening with Big Lazy. Fucking Big Lazy. Let me tell you something. That right there is the epitome of what I mean when I say I don't even care what I have from music. I care about the respect I get, you know. Big Lazy wants to do a collaboration with me badly. He wants me to come out and play some guitar with him on some YouTube videos, and he wants me to be on his new mixtape. And that I was right there. I was ask you if you got to put something done with him, because I know I, I heard and you said that he he was going to mix something with you. Huh? Well, it was at one point it was he was going to collaborate on a song of mine to basically do me a favor out of respect, because um. Well, uh, but since then, it has turned into um, he he wants to uh, he wants me on his mixtape. He uh, and he's you know he's a great vocalist and he does a lot of stuff with acoustic guitar. So um, he's he's a novice level guitarist and a master level singer. So he wants me to come out and play some guitar on some YouTube videos so that he can focus more on singing and I can give him some nice guitar background. Anyways, my whole point is. Uh, he's going to be at Scarlet and Gray Cafe on High Street, July 11th. I'll be there. Protege, Degrees, D. Smith. Uh, I think Mr. Six is even going to be there, so motherfuckers can't miss that. But like yeah. I was saying, like uh, the respect from the people that matter, you know, Big Lazy wanting me to be on his shit, that really makes me feel great. And it's because of things like that that I don't ever listen to haters. I don't never care about bad opinions. Because, you know, something like this, is it makes me feel great inside. I know that I've done something when somebody of that caliber wants to work with me. And, you know, when you get that from somebody like him, haters never touch you again. You don't care. You never care again when somebody has something negative to say about you because you know what you've done. You know what you're worth to those who matter. So, yeah. Those are the little finer things that I love about doing music and makes me keep going. Yeah, and, uh, and and you are you are continuing to go, and you have this new project coming out called Awaken the Giants, which will be your your first release here in a long time, like a solo yeah. album, David Goliath. If we want to talk about that a little bit, about Farzia, thought process behind it, the creativity, because I, I got to hear some of it. Uh, not too long ago, and I mean, for fans of David Goliath, that's pretty much everything you want and hope for out of David Goliath as far as the rap side, because you, you, you're also a singer, but uh, they will not be disappointed by this material, so if you can just get into a little bit about it. I know I played a clip of one last time I had you on the show. 
Yeah. Um, well, do you have any clips you could play right now? No, At unfortunately, all? there wasn't enough time. <laughs> okay. I was rushing to get okay. into the show. But... Well, um, it's I've put a lot of time in this album. Uh, and yeah, it has been. It, it is. It'll be my first solo hip hop album in a very long time, actually. Um, as far as solo albums, it's probably seven years. This will be my first one in seven years. I have four or five full length albums, so this will be my sixth full length album. But it's my first solo release in seven years. The last album I actually dropped was soundtrack to the end of the world but that was an acoustic cover album and that dropped over last winter um and then yeah. before that in hip-hop it was four metal fingers and that was in 2010 2010 was the four metal fingers album so yeah I, it's been a while and i've put a lot of fucking time and effort into this thing it's not going to be a real long album I'm only going to have probably oh, – I've got seven songs for it right now. I'm probably going to be done at eight or nine. So it's going to be close to an yeah. EP-side album. But uh, it's it's a theme album. You know, it has an ongoing theme. Each song tells a part of a story and continues the story on with the next part of the song. And then the next song tells another piece of the story, and then you know, and I take you on this this short roller coaster ride of ups and downs and emotions in hip hop. But basically, the overall theme of the album "Awaken the Giant" is, you know, nowadays lyrics aren't the most important thing in a song anymore. The most important thing in a song is the beat and the hook. And the right. hook doesn't even, have, you know, and the hook always has been. Don't get me wrong, but nowadays hooks are mindless. They don't have a point or a message. And I believe all good music has a point or message. It's not just mindless. Um, there's like there's no IQ going into what's popular nowadays, and I think that's a travesty. That's not the direction hip hop should be going. That's the death of hip hop. So I just want like this next generation to understand like the lyrics you put on your album is important. You're, you're telling people you're speaking your mind, make sure you speak your mind. Don't just be mindless, you know, stand for something and talk about it and, and articulate your speech in your verses, you know, and be diverse with the human language. You know, the English language is, is one of the most complex languages on earth. Use the whole thing. Be a skilled wordsmith, and people get away from that. And so this album is aimed directly at those people. It's called Awaken the Giant. Um, the intro starts with, you know, uh, basically a, a wake-up call, and then track two is called 50-Foot Alarm Clock. You know, track three is called No Hook All Bars. Um, it's this is a lyrical album. It's monstrous. I've got about eight months in seven songs just to get them sounding exactly how I want them to. I've mixed a lot of genres in. I've got a lot of rock and metal influences in these songs. I've got a lot of old school hip hop, a lot of lyrical hip hop. Uh, you're gonna find some dubstep in there. You're going to find a lot of boom, boom, black beats. You're going to find some club beats. 
you're going to hear a lot of stuff you haven't heard from me before. So I'm kind of uh, excited to show it to everybody. I've had I've had these songs done for a few months now, and I'm dying to show them to everyone. And it's hard to sit on them and not do nothing with them. But I know that yeah. I'm spoiling. Uh, you know what I mean? You know that feeling, right? It's hard. <laughs> It's the best stuff I've ever done, and I just want to show everybody right now, and I can't spoil the surprise. Timing is everything. Yeah. I hate when people do that. They put up every single thing they do as they make it, and and you've heard everything by the time the album comes out. It's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I did release one song with a lyric video on my YouTube called uh, No Hook All Bars featuring James Rifle. Oh, oh, and I also wanted to say, okay, these two shows that I'm going to be playing at Boomerangs and um, Scarlet and Grey Cafe with Big Lazy. Oh, uh, yeah, these are thrown by the uh, uh, Columbus Underground Management Company, okay? It's a new promotion company. Uh, it's ran by Amanda Muncie and Dee Smith. Uh, Dee Smith is uh, – as far as I understand it, he's given up his reins as president of ICU to start this new venture. And I've been hanging out oh. with them late. Yeah, and checking out what they're doing, and they're trying to get stuff up and running. And, you know, I like I like their style. I like the people. <laughs> you know, they enjoy my company as well, so I think I'll probably be working with them a lot more. Um, shit, they threw a show at Boomerangs the other night, man, and... I fu- my fucking jaw hit the floor when Mook the Star walks up, Sav walks up, S-A-V, fucking yeah. Biggie Dante showed up, okay, and uh, I didn't yeah. get to, I didn't, yeah, and I didn't get to say hi to her, I had already, I was already out the door, okay. That's a but, shame, uh, but I kind of, I kind of have a crush on her myself. <laughs> oh, gosh, me too, the dopest Ethiopian. But listen, okay, so all these people are in the house, and I'm like, damn, this girl Amanda Muncy put all these people in the fucking house. Chick knows what she's doing. I was shocked to see the names that showed up and performed. Like, this is a kind of a dream show. It's a little disappointing that it wasn't fucking fire code by midnight. Um, but, yeah, everybody had a great fucking set. I got to talk to Mook a little bit. got to talk to Sav a little bit. I missed Diggy. Um, dude, I, it wouldn't have been no better unless Scopes could have come walking in. They had every – all the dopest were in one building. And I'm like, fuck, I like these people. Sure, I'll do some more shows for you. And then they started oh, yeah. doing the shows. Yeah, so I, I'm all about it. D. Smith, we all know D. Smith from ICU, fucks with Church Gutta Gutta. Um, you remember I put them on a show at Evolution, and they came through last minute edition and fucking yeah. killed a set for me. Yeah, so I've been cool with them ever since, and now he's doing his thing. And, and you know, I'd also like to talk about uh, Slink and K-Money. What's up with these boys? You've been seeing the moves they're making? Oh, yeah. I had Slink on my show. This was three weeks ago. Yeah. Fucking Slink. Now, everybody's got to remember, like, for the last couple of years, Slink's been an opener with all of us. And he's been one of the strongest openers that we have. He's one of the few guys that you can put on to open your show who is completely professional and shows up with the crowd and kills his set. And yeah, I'd say, say he's more he's, he's more an opener. He's more like mid-card, 
than Oh, Oklahoma. now he is. Yeah, well, I'm talking a couple years ago. This is how he was. Okay. Well, nowadays, yeah, nowadays he's grown in, he, you know, his, his britches grew up bigger and he filled them in. Nowadays he's he's throwing you know him and Robert are throwing shows now, and uh, yeah. they actually they threw Joey on that Mad Marlin show, and uh, they've got a show for me in September that I'll be co-headlining, um, a ticket sales show that I'm co-headlining. So that's kind of big for me. I appreciate them guys, and the whole lesson learned here is just remember that. One day, this dude might be just a small-time helper that's helping you out, but you should always treat the people that are at that level with respect because you never know when that dude can take a step right over top of you and now be throwing you shows that you can't get anywhere else. So basically the lesson learned is you know, don't forget the little guy. Treat everyone with equal respect because you never know who's going to be important later. Yeah, Slink, Slink is uh, really on his business. He's just trying to be responsible and, uh, you know, try to really pursue this with the whole Fallen Angels promotions and everything he's doing right now. And so he's looking good. He was at the Jelly Roll show at Scully's, you know. I heard they had like 700 people there that night, you know. I did. I heard that too. Shout out Justin Tinney, man. Been packing shows. Ain't nobody touching Justin Tinney's numbers in hip-hop right now. And that's true. Yes. I'm smoking a blunt. Sorry. Don't worry. Hey, uh, check this out. I know you quit smoking cigarettes. Oh, yeah, I've been to quit smoking cigarettes. That's how I was able to start doing acoustic shows, because my voice improved just enough off of quitting smoking that I can actually sing decent enough to get away with it. So, shout out to you. I wanted to ask you, uh, does, does does food taste better now? Because everyone says if you put smoking cigarettes, food tastes better. Uh, Absolutely. My taste is much stronger. My sense of smell is much better. Yeah, man. Yeah, a lot better. Like, Like, a lot better. I can smell shit from far away very strongly now. Whereas before, it would be a faint smell or I might not even catch it. Now, it's like engulfs my senses. Oh my God, there's cookies cooking three houses down, I think. <laughs> I could... <laughs> you know, it's kind of cool. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to say is, um, so I recently went through some changes in life and fucking, um, you know, kind of like moved, uh, you know, kind of split with my girlfriend and moved away out on my own. And uh, which is cool. I'm good with that. I'm not afraid of change. And, you know, I'm doing everything right right now. I haven't, you know, I've kept all my bridges intact in life. And I've fucking been a good friend to a lot of people. And right now, I'm, you know, friends are being good to me. I've got a decent job going on. So I'm cool with all the changes. But the reason I bring it up is because if everybody remembers going to um, Flamethrower Thursday at Burn, at Burnsy's Tavern with us and say the exiles and the bath salt yeah. bass. You know, I was, yeah. it was the first the first rock band to ever play in Burnsy's Tavern ever. Um, right. under under the money management, um, you know the bath saltans. Uh, well, when I moved out of my house, I moved uh, kind of back in with the band. So uh, if y'all remember, Box the drummer. Uh, had this huge fucking drum set that took up the whole Burnsy stage, and we basically didn't even have any stage 
play on. We were most, mostly half out in the crowd because this gigantic drum set <laughs> takes up the whole fucking corner stage. Yeah, yeah Box. So I move in with Box, and he's him and Trey owns you, and Cyrus, and Hello, Scott Steven. Yes, uh, they're all doing a band called um, Flip Artist. And they've been doing like a project, you know, they got Trey Onju on vocals, and he's a fucking brilliant MC. Um, and uh, so basically what they're doing, they've kind of got this formula where, you know, to play the, the local bar circuit, you have to do covers. Well, and, and they won't allow original songs. Uh, so what they do is... Uh, flip artists, what they like to do is they'll they'll take a well-known popular song that people like and want to hear, and they will musically they will cover it. They will cover the song exactly how it sounds. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like that. But what they will do is they will let Trey basically rewrite the entire song and spit over top of it, and you know what I mean. And they'll keep the chorus pretty close to the same thing, but they'll change all the verses and write, rewrite it for a rapper. And it's Flip Artist. You get the name, right? Yeah. They've been yeah, like one night, one night I was talking to him. He was telling me about it. He was like, yeah, I'm going to take this song, but I'm going to do this with it. <laughs> oh, yeah, they've been doing that, bro. I'm here to tell you I've seen it already happen. They got Scott on guitar. is ridiculous. He's getting ready to do uh, this Wednesday. Hey, this Wednesday I'm going to be at um, – O'Toole's in Lincoln Village um, with Scott on guitar. We're going to be doing an acoustic show at 9 o'clock. Yeah, that's the one I wanted to ask you about. Cause if I'm off that night, I'm, I'm going to be there that night. I might be off Wednesday. Hey, that would be excellent. Know. Well, yeah, listen, this dude's Scott. Hey, dude, I fucking would appreciate that. Everybody that wants to come out, it's free admission because it's an open mic night, and I'm trying to be – I'm definitely going to come close to being like the dopest act there that night. So I'm trying to bring some people out and make it a shindig, you know, and get O'Toole's popping yeah. a little bit. Then maybe we can start throwing some shows there. Um, but uh, they've got this amazing guitarist named Scott on guitar. Like, this dude is, like, heads above what I do. And he's, like, you know, a lot younger than me. And he, and he does – he plays guitar so well. Uh, you've got Box on drums. Everybody already knows Box. You know what I mean? I put videos up of him all the time. Um, yeah. I'm always fucking with Orlando Lee Knox because he claims to be a drummer, and I know he can slap skin some, but he's still on his marching band shit. So I always show him Box's video because Box will show you what a motherfucking drum fill is and roll into uh-huh. something crazy. But um, I've been fucking with them. I've been doing some vocals with them. They played like Polly's Tavern on Sullivan Avenue, and um. I don't know. I'm getting ready to do some shit with them, so expect DG out with Slip Artist doing live shows with rock instruments. Um, You know, that's what I love to do is play with live instruments overall. So that's going to be coming, too. I just wanted to shout that out. Yeah, yeah, and they got a Facebook page. Look, Slip Artist has a Facebook page. Slip Artist, all right? Um, I'm going to link it on my wall here in a little bit so the fucking million people on my Facebook page, if you're listening, check it out. I'll yeah, link it on my it page. Yeah, it, yeah, I didn't realize it either. So I'm going to link that later on. But Flip Artist, you can search it. It's a, it's a music page. Go like the page, and you'll get all the videos and updates of the shit that we're all doing over here. 
there's videos up already. Uh, so, yeah, make sure you get some likes, get this page up, and understand what's happening. We are invading. Now, you you worked with Perot, though, already about, about a year and a half, two years ago on a project called The Exiles. And I remember seeing a song called From Within. It was you, Delow, and Save Your Soul. And I loved the song, but, but it was only up for like a day. And then it went, went down, and then the Exiles project never came out. So I'm, I'm just wondering if you, if you have any insight as to why that, that project never came, never came about. Well, um, okay, first off, I'm a nice guy, so we'll just start there. I'm gonna I'm gonna go lightly because I'm a nice guy and I don't believe in slandering anyone's names. Uh, but um, you know we were trying to do the Exiles and it was me, Trey Owens, you, and Joey Keaton. Save your soul. Um, we uh, were all three very lyrical dudes that were all three on some like mythological god shit. <laughs> you, uh, you know what I mean? We're just yeah. patterned freaks. And uh, vocabulary freaks, and we were trying to put out a lyrical album under the Exiles, and um, um, you know, basically Joey Keaton ran the project because it was really it was his idea. He introduced us, he joined us up, he had the idea, he had the beats, you know, and he had the yeah. notoriety. Already. He at that time he was definitely the biggest rapper I knew and he was dying to do a project with me. So that's when I knew that I had some worth. My first like right out yeah. of the gate. You know what I mean? Um but I mean long story short, we wrote like eight songs together. And uh on beats, you know, uh didn't record them cuz we were going to head to the remix live and get that done, but I mean, long story short, dude, it came down to you know, um we all had our own careers going as well as trying to get this off the ground. And so we uh, we couldn't, like, run at the project full speed at all times. We had to take short little month-long breaks here and there because things would pop up in our solo careers that had to keep going or else, you know, start to fall off or something. So you have to keep tending to your own field before you can all meet back up and, in, in you know, as a team – and uh, it basically came to a point where, you know, we were slowing down writing a little bit. And then we had a meeting. And uh, I come to the meeting and, they, you know, um, they were basically like, you know, you have two more songs, two or three more songs that you need to complete before the album's complete, Dave. So we want to see you write these verses. Well, I'm like, you know, I've been putting months into what I'm doing, like everything – Everything in my solo shit just keeps growing and growing, and I ha- I can't say no to any of it, or I'll fuck something up and like burn a bridge. So while I'm putting effort into this, you know, you guys, there, none of you have even mentioned our project. You guys even have studio time booked at the studio and have not even invited me to the studio. So on my end, this project ain't even that important. So I'm letting it sit until I see somebody step up and say, hey, we're finishing it now. Let's go to the studio. And then I'm willing to finish my last three songs. Until then, I've got a bunch of shit to do and let me know when it gets serious. And then I was told that you know, if I didn't finish them up now, that I'm replaceable and that um, I have to comply with that. And 
you know, I'm from the rock scene to where, like, a band is a band of brothers, and you learn to, how, how to get along with each other and work as a team, and the whole thing doesn't roll unless every fucking member is doing their part. And there's no part of your band that it's replaceable. If you have a replaceable part of your band, that's not a band, and you have no respect for the person you feel you can replace. Anyways, if I'm told I'm replaceable, then you have to replace me. Because if I'm replaceable, then I'm not a teammate that matters, and I'm not going to stay on that team. And I instantly told them that I was done with the project and that I would not be back to it. And I've been asked up to uh, recently if I'm going to take those eight songs and come back and record the album that we were supposed to record in place of the DOD album that released. Um, And my answer still is firmly no. My answer is firmly no. I have no disrespect towards anyone. I don't have any personal problems with anyone. But the bottom line is if if you want to do music with me and you have to have it to where you are over top of me somehow commanding me to do something, then I can't work with you at all because you're not trying to see me on an equal level. You're not trying to be a teammate. You're trying to control me. And, you know, I'm too creative to just be under control. You have to let me have breathing room too. And if you can't, then I will never work with you. So I will never do that project. Those songs have been dismantled and chopped up and put out in other songs, and some of it's on this album that's coming out right now. Uh, Waking the Giant, some okay. of the lyrics on that are from the Exiles. Yeah, so stuff's been spread out, like, like used on this or that project. And I do remember back back at the time, there being talk about you being replaced for that. And, and I actually, I said something to someone like, oh, you can't replace, like, no. <laughs> like, that's, like, like, Kind of, kind of agreeing with you on that here tonight. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I don't think if somebody's replaceable, that's the wrong man. You need to find someone that's irreplaceable, and that's your right man. Now, if they were, if they weren't happy with uh, your, uh, if they already had this, the sh- the stuff ready and wrote, and you had two, three more songs to do, then I, I guess that's some kind of frustration on that level. But I know each person individually, I know whether whether it's the low or anything, like uh, I know they, he had issues at, at many different times with the stuff that he had to get together too. So I, I would just say it's, it's just a shame that that, that, that never happened. Like, because uh, I heard the one song and it, it was really good and, and it was something that could have been, could have been great. So, I mean, it's, well, it's a shame I mean, that all that stuff didn't come together. Yeah, and I appreciate that you see it that way, but I will say this, some good did come out of it, okay? That DOD album that they put out, Diaries of Darkness, with Trey owns you and Joey Keaton, Save Your Soul on the Low, that's a pretty fucking good album. Like, my dude Matt Gully, this is my fan, my fan and good friend Matt Gully. He bumps the DOD album all the time because I, me and Trey showed it to him and said, right, here's one of some of the ly- most lyrical shit you've ever heard come from Columbus. I'm talking history of. And he yeah. bumps it every day. This is my friend bumping this DOD album. It's a great album. So first off, the Exile Squad broke up, but you know, a good album did come out of their part of it. And now right. this album I'm putting out right now, Awaken the Giant, you know, I believe this album's the best I've ever done. This, you know, I'm going on record right now and saying that I put enough time and heart into these seven songs, soon to be eight or nine, 
this is the best I can do. This is the pinnacle of all the skill I have. I've put time, thought, and hard work into each one of these songs, and they sound exactly how I want them to, no mistakes. Everything is exactly how I want it to sound, and it's the best chance that I have, the best skill that I have. So on a serious level, when I put these out, this is the best of me. This isn't like me sitting here going, nah, this light bars. No, these ain't light bars. This is the best I got. And I believe I can take the Pepsi challenge with anybody, anybody in, in this city. You know, I'm going to start battling in who's hot. Shout out to uh, David Juan Campbell. Uh, you know, and Chad Tennant, uh, shout out to them boys from Who's Hot Battlegrounds. But I'm going to start battling there. And within the next two years, no one in this city can deny that I am at least, a, a, you know, a, a very important musician here in Columbus. I've done my best to try to branch out into multiple genres and become as big as I can in each genre. And I've tried to help people along the way the whole time, not have – not turn my back, you know. Always put your hand back out like you wish someone did for you when you was coming up. And then guess what? When you turn around, somebody bigger than you has their hand out for you. And it works in a circle. Uh, I've been trying to do that, and I'm just trying to stick a claim right now. This album, Awaken the Giant, is one of the best albums you're going to hear come out of this city, lyrical-wise. This isn't a trap album. This isn't a drill album. This isn't a club album. This is a conscious, lyrical hip-hop album. It's highly intelligent, and it has a message spread all throughout in many clever ways. Yeah, let's say one more thing about the Exiles. Uh, what you just said about that, your feelings as to why you left that project. Now, would uh, would they, the members at the time have really known that that was the reason that you you left? Because I'm I'm not so sure. Like uh, Trey or Joey at the time really knew that 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 was the main reason because of all the other personal crap or BS going on at the time. Like, uh, I always thought it was just a bunch of a clash between for other stuff, but it was literally the uh, what you just said on the show. So I'm not sure. I, mean, I, I know you probably haven't talked to him. but uh, I've uh, talked to Joey a little bit. I'm still very cool with Trey. I talked to Joey a little bit, and Joey definitely knows for sure the exact reason what I just told you. He could, you know, he could attest to everything I just said. I mean, he's going to have probably a different opinion or view on it, but there's no way he can deny that that is exactly what happened. He told me that the beats belong to him and that I'm a replaceable member. I better get my ass in gear. And I said, well, you have ten songs written. I have seven songs written. I owe you three songs. Well, not one of these songs have a hook. So you guys still have a lot of writing to do too. And when I see you guys start picking up, and getting serious about writing some hooks on these verses, then I will finish my shit up. Until then, I don't think you, either one of you are taking this seriously, and I have serious shit to take care of. So show me show me you still care about this project, and I'll finish it. And then I was told that these are my beats, and you are replaceable, so get your ass in gear. And I said, well, you're going to have to replace me then. You know, that's the facts. So... You know, shout out to Joey. It's cool. I, you know, whatever. It's just music stuff. It's not, to me, it's not personal. And yeah, it was never any of the other bullshit, dude. We had all kinds of. We were passing groupies around like blunts, bro. <laughs> I mean, we had we were partying like rock stars. We thought we were famous. We thought we were famous, and half the fucking city thought we were famous too, bro. And it was like living luxury, crazy shit. And we had so much crazy fucking shit go down. 
But really, it came right down to what I just said. It was never any of the other crazy shit. It came right down to, you know, Joey can agree with everything I just said. He knows that's true, and he knows. And we've talked since then, and I've still held to exactly what I said. I can If I'm not considered irreplaceable, I am on the wrong team. And so I, I still just do me. I even have a song on the album Awaken the Giant coming out called I Do Me. And I bet you can wonder what that song's about. <laughs> yeah, we got a few more minutes here uh, before we get thrown off the air. But uh, I wanted to ask you about Bernsey's Tavern, because uh, since the last time I had you on the show, Bernsey's Tavern closed down. And uh, I've only asked one other person about this, Will Flow, and a couple weeks ago he said, well, that was one of the only places where hip-hop was thrown at all the time here in Columbus and and uh, just how do you how do you feel when you heard that this Burnsies was was going to be closing down and shutting its doors? I felt like shit, but when I heard it, I, I you know I kind of seen it coming. Like you know, Burnsies was struggling for a while, and it was still home base. It was still the like Will said, it was still the only place that consistently throws all hip hop shows. But even further than that, they were the, one of the first venues around here doing hip-hop shows that would actually work with the artist to throw shows, not promoters. They first, they, you know, we would go in there and play Burnsies, and whoever kept bringing the big crowd, Kid Money would go to and say, he would be like, hey, you want to throw in your own show? You get your boys on this show, and this this show will be just as big with you throwing it. And he would cut yeah, you would in. They would keep track of it at the door. They would literally keep yeah, track you, of it. It was free for all. Dude, I've made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars of Burnsies because of Kid Money and Mama and Buford. And those motherfucking people right there, like, kept hip-hop alive single-handedly for a while. But they were the first ones to share the money and crack us in and break real bread. And, like, after they started doing that, nobody wanted to play anywhere else because everybody else was still shysters, you know. It's very sad that Bernsey's closed. I was sad to see it go. I knew that it had to happen, and I understand. And, you know, they did open a bigger, better place right across the street from the casino, and it was up and running before Bernsey's closed. So Shakers has been up and running. You know, they don't do hip-hop at that bar. They only do rock and country. But, and it's like a biker bar. But um, uh, it's been open since before Bernsey's closed. So it wasn't like the chapter was over. They just turned the page. You know what I mean? They turned the page, and their place now is way bigger and better. So Shakers is right across from the casino. It's still going, you know. Shout out to the money family, premiums. Um, But, yeah, that was a – Bernsey's is going to go, you know, in the history of Columbus hip-hop. We all look back at, like – Bernie's Distillery back in the day when they had weekly DJs and like fucking Metaphorce Omega and fucking uh, Copyright was all coming up playing there every week and we had an actual underground hip hop culture, you know, and then flash forward years later in that history book and Bernsey's Tavern will be the very next entry. The first, you know, venue to really teach us all this is how the money works. And this is what you're entitled to when you're doing this much work. You know, they put money in your fucking hands for your hard work, whereas other promoters just sucked the money out of you and you walked with nothing. You know, And, and you know, it, because of them, I know dudes that have been playing shows 10 years and still have not, like, consistently been paid to 
play, they still pay to play or sell tickets to play. And they, you know, because of Burnsies, it only took me two years. It took me two years to start out my first hip hop show to now I get paid for performances. And now I throw my own shows, and I advanced that fast because of Burnsies Tavern seeing the worth of me and letting me use their venue to better myself. So yeah, it's a super fucking shitty thing that Burnsies is gone, but. You know, everybody from that establishment has moved on to bigger and better things. Kid Money's touring. You know, the new place, the parents have the new place that's bigger and better across from the casino. So location, location, location. You know what I mean? Uh, so everything's good. It's all positive. But, yeah, R.I.P. Burnsies, you know. They really taught. That's that's like the fuck. Burnsies is the, is the, patern, the, the maternal mother of Columbus hip-hop. Oh, yeah, well, well, thanks for coming on again, and uh, good talking to you, and uh, and thanks for being a good friend of the show here. <laughs> Jamie got I, I, appreciate you. I appreciate you having me, Jamie, dude. I'd like to come back and 